Welcome to the Novon Health Healthy Headlines Podcast. This is Roland Wilkerson, and today we're talking with Dr. Obi Ikweche, a leader at Novon Health and a psychiatrist who's worked with countless patients over the years. Today's topic, how to say no. In May, the World Health Organization elevated the definition of burnout from a state of exhaustion to a syndrome resulting from chronic workplace stress. Burnout doesn't just happen at work, of course. Almost anyone with a set of responsibilities in their life is at risk of becoming overwhelmed. And at the same time, many of us have learned that saying yes is an easy way to keep our job and to keep those around us happy. So we consulted Equeche, who said there are many ways to navigate the minefield of no. You can find this story and many others online. Just search for Novant Health and Healthy Headlines. Thanks for listening. So before we get to the how, let's talk about the why. Uh, Dr. Equeche, why is it so important to be able to say no? The, the word no by itself connotes negativity. It connotes disagreeableness. So it, the default of the human psyche is to come across as helpful, um, dependable, uh, reliable, you know, in the workspace, the, thing, the thinking that you're a team player. So every time we are faced with a decision whether to say yes or no, the society has primed us to say yes because we want to come across as helpful. If you went through life without any sense of control, I think it creates a lot of powerlessness and ultimately a lot of resentment. So being able to say no, I think it allows you to take back some control and prevents all these negative emotions that might result from lacking that ability. And so let's talk about that just a little more. What happens when you uh, have a lack of control in your life? How does that color how you go through things day to day in your life? I think most, most significantly gives you the sense of irrelevance. Because if you feel that you have no control over your life, you feel dumped on and you feel, my, my views don't count. And that gets you back to the sense of powerlessness, resentment, and really an inability to make any progress. I'll explain it better this way. If one felt that they had no control over what happened in their daily activities. It might give you the sense that I don't even need to show up because it wouldn't matter one way or the other. Or if I show up, I'm not contributing to anything because you know Roland is just gonna tell me what to do and pile things on my plate and I have no control over what I do. And um, I think that will really hamper anybody, even the strongest of us. Why can it be so hard for so many of us to say no? So, what's your advice to somebody who says yes way too often? What's a good way to start learning to say no? Um, I've always said I'm a psychiatrist, so I look at everything from the concept of therapeutic intervention. If I had someone before me in treatment who said I've lived my whole life pleasing other people and saying yes to everything. My recommendation will be, you know, for the next several months, say no to everything. 
more practically, what you might start off with will be never say yes, but say, let me think about it and I'll get back to you. That allows you room to actually look at all the things in your life to make sure that you're saying no to something that you can actually fulfill, as opposed to reinforcing the feeling that people are making me do things, which reinforces your sense of powerlessness. And what if it's extra hard for, for you to say no? Like, what's, what's a baby step that somebody can take? If, you, if you've built up this lifetime habit of saying yes, pushing back on people is going to be really difficult. So what's a, what's a baby step someone can take? And um, as a lead up to that, if I may, recognizing that saying no to a thing that you truly don't want to do is reinforcing your sense of integrity might help you go to this next step of the baby steps like we're talking about. Um, being able to recognize internally that my no is a yes to something else would help you take those steps. So one thing to do might be offer some help without committing to do that thing. So if I said to you, Roland, you come to me and say, hey, I'd like for you to do XYZ thing, and I said, Roland, I'm going to be going to my daughter's recital. I cannot do it, but here is Johnson down the cubicle who has done this work already. I think he might be helpful. Or here is a website that you can look at that will give you all the answers that I would have given you. I'm offering you some help. I'm reinforcing that what you're asking me to do is important. But I'm honoring my own integrity that says I can't do this without taking away from this other thing that I had already committed to. I think that's um, a quick way to strengthen yourself for the art of saying no, which is recognizing that you want to do it from a place of integrity. And why is integrity important in, 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 the, in the context of saying no? I think really that saying no is a tool of integrity because for me, I know this might not be a literal definition, but integrity simply means that I do what I've said I'm going to do. So if I had said to someone else, I'm going to do this and that, and I want to live up to that promise that I already made, I want to stay in the place of integrity in that interaction. Then saying no to you allows me to uphold this integrity of something that I had already committed to. So um, in the end, saying no is really a place of respect for you and respect for my own integrity because I'm living up to something that I've already said I was going to do. I think in the workplace, um, we talk a lot about work life balance. It's easy to become so compartmentalized where we think, all right, this is work, I have to do everything without recognizing that there are these other things about our lives. I often give the example that I have young children. That's important to me. So if I already said to my daughter, I'm going to be at that recital, if I don't show up, that's a dent to my integrity the next time I tell her I'm going to do something. 
So that's important to put that in the wide context of how my life inter intersects with the work that I do. In that whole understanding, like I'm explaining, it makes it easy for such a one to be able to say, I'm going to live up to this integrity to my daughter or to whatever else that saying yes to would have taken from. It, is, it, um, is it hard for you to say no? It is. It is because, you know, I'm, I'm human. So without being intentional, my default is to say yes. I'm, I'm a physician leader in my space. I have to show that I want to encourage people, be part of every project, you know, go to every committee, do everything. So it is hard for me to say no, but I have to constantly remind myself that if I want to effect some sense of balance and change, and I have to come to these decisions with some intentionality that when I say no, it's because I'm coming from this place like we've been discussing. And when I say yes, it's actually something needed and something that I can afford to participate in. So saying no to one thing is saying yes to another. Absolutely. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Roland Wilkerson again. When I sat down with Dr. Equeche, I was really hoping he'd watch The Sopranos, the famed HBO drama in which mobster Tony Soprano seeks treatment from Dr. Jennifer Melfi for his panic attacks. I wanted to ask, was it realistic? He hadn't seen The Sopranos, but Dr. Equeche recommended a different show. And it's another HBO series, In Treatment, starring Gabriel Byrne. The show focuses on the weekly sessions with his patients and won praise from the New York Times for providing an irresistible peek at the psychopathology of everyday life. Sounds like it's worth checking out. And finally, here's one point we didn't include in the interview you should know. While TV and movies often suggest that patients are typically in therapy for years, Dr. Equeche points out that for many patients, they get the help they need in 12 to 20 weeks and then move on. Thanks again for listening.